Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I don't see greater. You don't have to see greater. You just submit to God. That's where submission is only submission when I don't really want to do it. Right? If you said, man, go to my bank and pull out $10,000 and keep it. I wouldn't have to submit. I, yes, can I have the card? What's the pin number? Where do I go? Right? I'm on my way. You know, I, that's not submission. It's you tell me, hey, let me have your bank card and go to your bank and pull out. Now, now I don't want to do that. That's submission. It's only submission when I'm being told to do something I don't really want to do. Submission is not suppression. It's an act of willingly putting others over yourself. Every single one of us are called to submit to Christ first and foremost. Submission to authority and submission to our spouses are secondary, but both bring honor and glory to God. As Pastor Bill will challenge us in today's message, instead of merely submitting when it fits our comforts and needs, we need to be willing to submit even when it pushes us out of our comfort zones. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. As she rolls, always God confirms it afterwards. We always can look back and see that's what he was doing there. Oh, he, he, he showed up in this way there. That's, that's been the track record. But I understand this too, that I've had to lead out at times where my wife just didn't agree. Um, like basically God was like, well, if you're following my lead, I don't have to wait for my wife to say, okay, I agree now. No, I just start going. Y'all catch up. We, but this is where we're going. We just That's leadership. You don't have to wait. Uh, it's nice if everybody would agree, if everybody would say, oh, okay, I, I follow. But sometimes leadership is, I'm, we're, this, I'm just going to follow Christ. Y'all got to catch up. You know, we're, we're going this way. And I, you might not agree today, but we'll, we'll have to wait. And I've, I've had that happen, and God come behind it and clear it up. And so, um, again, as I, as I look at this here, and as I, as I look at the issues within our culture, with, with regard to the imbalance in, in this, that men aren't walking in their roles, women aren't walking in submission to it, not honoring their husbands. What it all comes down to is that it's, it ends up being a lack of submission to Christ, who's the one that made the order. That's what it ends up coming down to. It's a lack of submission to him and his order. And part of our worship of the Lord, you guys, if we're worshiping God and we believe that he's all-knowing, all-powerful, that he is God, then I can look at his order, his guidance, his direction and say, God, everything from you is perfect and right. Rather I like it or don't like it. Rather it agrees with me or doesn't agree with me. Rather it makes me have to change or, you know, I get to continue doing what I'm doing. God, you're, you're God. I submit to you. Um, the thing I submit to your order for your, your guidance, your direction. Um, and that, that's what it comes down to. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not making my own calls, but I'm submitting to his leadership in my life. And I believe that's what, the, the heart of what we're looking at in this section, the Corinthian church, we're going to find here they're out of order in terms of men and women in the church. Next week, he talks about communion, how they were drunk at the communion table. They weren't honoring God in that. Then he goes into spiritual gifts and how they had the gifts, but they weren't using them in a way that honored God. And there are all these areas where God said, you guys have pieces of what I've given, but it's just not being done the way that honors me best. And so as we read through this, we want to make sure that our lives are in alignment that we're honoring the Lord, that we're walking in submission and that we're not resisting, that we're not buying into this culture that we live in that is opposed to Christ, opposed to God, opposed to his order and instruction, that we're not buying into it and following in its example. Uh, I'm, I'm, all, I'm amazed at how our culture will put forth their opinions and people believe it and take it, though their track record is ridiculously flawed. 
The same culture at one period in time that said, you know, people shouldn't have to be married to live together. People should live together and try it out. That was what was being pushed on our culture years past. Then guess what comes out of that culture? A bunch of kids that don't have a mom and a dad because they weren't married when they lived together. They lived together like they were married, made babies, and they decided, I don't like this anymore, and they took off. And now we got an epidemic of kids without parents. Now, now that's the problem that we have. Where'd that come from? Came from the world giving us stupid counsel and us saying, yeah, yeah, you got to try it out first. You got to make sure we compatible. We live together first. Da, 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 da. And then we do that. And then we end up with the outworking of it. And now they got new counsel. Now they got direction. You know, we got the epidemic of kids without parents. And so, you know, now they got a new, they got answers for that. They don't have no answers for nothing. They got new mistakes. They got new mistakes for this generation to make to try to fix the mistakes of the last generation th- that they made. So now all the babies that don't have parents, kids in foster care and everywhere else, well, now we got men and men and women and women. Let them adopt all them kids and raise them. That's going to be great. That's going to pay off. They are, that's, they're just Everything is being ruined. And I, I can deal with the world behaving like that, right? But we can't buy into that mess. We can't buy into none of that. We, I, I got to believe it. Look, God's A plan a man that loves God marries a woman that loves God. They make some babies and raise them up in the ways of God. That's, the, that's God's plan. That's what he would have us to do. That's where the focus needs to be. That needs to be our expectation. That's what we need to raise our kids, understanding this is God's plan. Man that loves God, marry a woman that loves God, y'all make some babies and teach them how to walk with God. That's the goal. Um, and while the world is going every which way, we need, to be, we need to be firm and clear on those things. And so moving on. Verse nine, again, it said, nor was man created for the woman, but woman was created for the man. For this reason, the woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her, on her head because of the angels. Now, this is interesting. As he points back to the angels, if you guys remember in the original fall, if you're writing notes, you can write down Isaiah 14, verse 11 through 16. Isaiah 14, 11 through 16, speaking of Satan, and this is of the fall of Satan says, your pomp, your arrogance, is brought down to Sheol, and the sound of your string instruments, the maggot is spread under you, and the worms cover you. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, one of the names of Satan, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart, and here goes the I wills of Satan, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. Last one, he says, I will be like the most high. Satan was no longer content to bring glory and worship to God. He said, I'll be like him. I will, I will, I will. And God, verse 15, he says, you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? When we see Satan, we're going to say, that's him? He did that? I know that from his original creation, he was beautiful. So it might be this beautiful angel or whatever, you know, but, you know, we look at him and say, he, he created all this habit on earth. But God says, why did Satan fall? He stepped out of his order. He had been given up. Now, Satan, it says in Ezekiel that he was the anointed cherub that covered he had a place of authority over the other angels. He had a, he had a prominent position of, as, as an angel. He was part of the worship and all those things. And rather than give glory to God in that position, rather than stay in a submitted role to God and bring him glory, he said, no, I'll be like him. I'm going to step into that position. I'm going to step into that place. And what happened to him? Him 
And a third of the angels that followed him were kicked out of heaven. No plan of redemption for them. Hell was created as a place of torment for Satan and the demons that fell with him. The angels that fell with him is what we call demons now. So as he points back to the angels, he says, look, look at what happened to Satan when he stepped out of order. Look at what happened in creation and Adam and Eve. Look what happened when Eve stepped out of order. Right. Who led in that? Satan came to the woman. She was deceived. Timothy tells us she took of the fruit and she ate and then she gave it to her husband. She led him. The first time we have role reversal and out of order is right there in the garden. For as human terms, and God's, that's, just, that's we don't want that. We want the order to be the order that God set. Man under God, a woman under man, uh, as Christ is under God. It's the order that God has set forth. So he says that she should have a, a symbol of authority because of the angels. And, and I just look at this. The angels are watching. I mean, they have to be blown. I think, you know, the Bible says they look at they look at us how we live in. I wish we could engage them or interact with them. What must they think when angels look at how we live? Um, what we have access to that they don't have access to. How we live before God. I mean, how might anybody in the unseen realm that understands heaven and hell and all that's happening as they peer into how we're living with our limited vantage points and how we're living says I, I must blow them away. But as they look in and they, they see, they know what being unsubmissive to God's order created. So he says because of them, there should be a, a, a symbol of authority. And once again, in that culture, the symbol of authority was a veil over a woman's head. I do not believe that is the case today. Um, I believe it's far more important that a woman be walking in submission. Submission to the Lord, honoring her husband, so forth and so on. The external show of that in our culture is not what it was for them then. Let's, let's look at verse uh, 11. Nevertheless, neither is the man independent of the woman nor woman independent of the man of man in the Lord. Neither of us are independent of one another. Does man need woman? Y'all can answer. Yeah, he does. Absolutely. Can, can the men say amen? Uh, the men need the woman. Yes, that was the first thing God made man without a woman. And it was the only thing that he created. He said, it's not good. Man should be alone. And so, I, you know, yesterday I, I, got, I got a buddy of mine, uh, Pastor Calvary Chapel Signal Hill. I think he's 39. He just got married yesterday. And I, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. I said, man, I, you know, I got married at 19. You know, I wouldn't have made it this long, you know. So, uh, but he, he did it right. He's been waiting on the Lord. God brought him a beautiful wife. Got married yesterday. And, um, you know, I, I, I shot him a text this morning. So I'm happy, happy first morning as a married man, you know. Um, beautiful thing. God said, it, I, 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 you know, we need each other. There's, we need our wives. Wives need their husbands. We're not independent of one another. The ideal is not, and this is what it gets twisted in society. The ideal of submission is not because my wife don't submit to me because I'm better than her. That's, that's not the, that's not what's, my wife is smarter than me and many, she hates when I tell her that. You know, she's like, don't say that. I'm like, you know, I said, you, you're the brains that operate. Don't tell me I'm the brains that operation, but she ain't here. So I'm saying it, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's not that I'm better, smarter, greater, more, it's just God's order. And so we come together and work that out. I recognize that my wife has things that I need. Um, there are things that she brings to the table that I, that I don't bring to the table. So submission to me is not, I don't run the roost. It's not me walking around saying, this, we're going to do it my way because I'm the man huh, and stomping my fist. Not how it goes. You know, we sit down and we talk about things. I hear her ideas a lot of times, many times, most times better than my ideas. In 18 years of marriage, I can count five times where I had to say, you just got to follow my lead. And it all had to do with the spiritual direction of my family. 
They ain't never had nothing to do with something, you know, trivial as what we going to have for dinner, what color you going to paint the room. You can have all that. Um, I, I'm making decisions that have to do with the spiritual direction of my home. Those are things I'm praying about. The other things you can have. It. You can pick the other areas. You can have the other things. I'm not putting my foot down all over the place. Five times, 18 years, I've said you might not see it today, but you just need to roll with me. And all had to do with the spiritual guidance, spiritual direction of where we we're going to fellowship, what God was calling us to do, so forth and so on. And God has always come behind those things. And so um, it's not that a woman's lesser, not that a man is greater, because some of you women are married to guys and you know what they are. You know, they're not greater. And that's what's so hard about it. It's like, oh, he's, he's, I don't see greater. You don't have to see greater. You just submit to God. That's where submission is only submission when I don't really want to do it. Right. If you said, man, go to my bank and pull out ten thousand dollars and keep it. I wouldn't have to submit. I, yes. Can I have the car? What's the pin number? Where do I go? Right. <laughs> I'm on my way. You know, I, that's not submission. It's you tell me, hey, let me have your bank card and go to your bank and pull out. Now, now I don't want to do that. That's submission. It's only submission when I'm being told to do something I don't really want to do. So, um, so and that's where we that's where we as human beings will struggle. And what I'm encouraging us to see it is not so much a submission to the person as it is submission to God. God, this is I'm submitting to your order. I'm submitting to you. When I tell husbands, husbands, you're supposed to love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. That means you love her sacrificially. That means you love her no matter what. That means no matter what she behaves like, your call is to love her. And if your wife have to ask you, do you love her? You failing. That's what I tell them. Right. She should just know she should be lathered up. And that, that man just crazy in love with me. No matter what she acts like, that's your call to love her like Christ. How Christ loved the church, period. At every day, all the time, no matter what, no matter how we fail, no matter when we don't love him, when we don't do what he wants us to do, he loves us. That's how a husband supposed to love his wife. That's what God said. If I fail to submit to that, I fail to submit to Christ because he told me to do it. Right. I don't get to determine based on my wife's performance for the day. Rather or not, I want to walk in that or not. My submission to Christ demands that I submit to that verse. That's what God's called me to be as a Christian husband. Amen. Amen. And so as each of these things are calling us to submit to God and his order, this is the beautiful thing, you guys. If men will submit to that order and women are married to men that are committed to Christ, covering them, praying over them, protecting them, lathering them up in love, ministering to them the word. And women are underneath that kind of leadership in their household, in their families, where they submit to a man that's loving the Lord, leading the family, so forth and so on. The kids are coming up under a mom and a dad that are submitted to God and all of that. I'm telling you that the family units would be blessed. Every, every family that would function like that would be absolutely blessed. It would be a great witness of what, what, what a Christian family should look like. Our kids would come up under a, a order that looks like what God had ordained and we would be living pleasing to the Lord. God would look upon our, our marriages. It, it would be a witness. It would be a, it would be a light. It would be a witness and it would glorify him, which is the goal. We want to glorify him in all areas and in the family area as well. Look at now verse 12. For as the woman came from the man, even so man also comes through woman. But all things are from God. And so just a reminder there that you, you, you know, you, it takes both of us. Yeah, a woman came from the man originally, but now um, you can't have a man out of woman. Now, verse 13. And we're getting ready to wrap this up. He says, does not even nature itself judge among yourselves? Is it is 
is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? So you guys judge for yourselves. Then he says, does not even nature itself teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a dishonor to him. But if a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her for her hair is given to her for a covering. If anyone seems to be contentious and you want to note this, we have no such customs, uh, nor do the churches of God. So it, when it comes to doctrine, right, when we're, we're trying to extract doctrine from the Bible, like these are things that the church of God is to practice and believe at large. The few things you look for, uh, we look forward to be taught by Jesus in the Gospels. We look forward to be uh, uh, echoed by the apostles, either in Acts or in the, the letters to the churches. And we look forward to be seen and practiced in the church uh, within Acts, again, in the, in the epistles. There, there are things that you'll see that go across all three. There are things as far as doctrine, as far as the belief of, of Christ and what the gospel is and how we get saved, the importance of the resurrection that you find them in all the places. There are things like this where this would be the only place in all of scripture where we've dealt with head coverings. And he concludes the section saying, now if anybody seems to be contentious over this thing, we have, we have no such custom. So he's talking to them in Corinth. Neither do the churches of God. So would we go and make a doctrine over this? Is this an area we'd say, you guys, women, you show up here, you better have your head covered or you're dishonored. No, no, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. Um, now, had he not said verse 16, now there, there are even cults and Christian groups that they take this and they would, they would believe that this whole assembly is dishonoring to the Lord. The Mennonite uh, group, they're, they're one cult group. There's some other Amish groups and so forth and so on where they look like, if you look at the people from the group, they look like Little House on the Prairie. That's how they dress today. That's how they believe God wants dresses to the ankles. Uh, the women's shirts come all the way up to here, button at the top. You have no skin. You barely see any neck, no makeup, none of that head covered with a little thing on top. And that's that's holy. That's honoring to the Lord and honoring uh, to the husband. Um, and I believe in verse 16, Paul says, I, I want to free y'all up. Right. Do I do we need women to be tripping over? Rather, can a woman cut her hair short? Yes. Does she got to have long hair? No, no, we don't have any such custom. Now. Again, there are people that look at this and say, well, men shouldn't have long hair. I, this is what I will say. Um, should a man look like a woman? No. I can go elsewhere in the word for that. Should a woman look like a man? No. That's Y'all, we good on that? Thank you, amen? amen. That's, that's, we'll, we'll stand on those things. But in our culture today, there could be, there are women with short hair that they, there's no question it's a woman. And everything else says woman. Um, it's, it's, there are women that can wear their short hair and everything else says men. I've seen butch women with a fade, with a T-shirt and a bra squeeze tight and jeans like a man and pants like you look like a man. I've seen women with women outfits, and women earrings and have her hair short and this look like a woman. So we don't want to be stumbled up over these trivial sort of things. If we come back to the heart of the issue, the heart of the issue is that men and women will be submitted to Christ and his order. Amen? I please don't miss that. Um, I'd never want to be the church, you guys, that is majoring in all the minors and the peripheral things and the, the little this and that. And I'm gonna just, I'll explain why, and then we're going to go into communion ourselves. I came out of, when I originally came into Christ and began to go to church, um, what God had worked in my heart was I, I, had, a, I had a genuine salvation experience. My life was transformed. I wanted to please God. 
And I went to a church that was very traditional. And there was a lot of extras, a lot of things that weren't necessarily in the word that were practiced religiously, believed on, and even you were held to. Then there were things that were actually taught in the word that we weren't really held to. So, um, you know, you couldn't step behind the pulpit unless you had a jacket on in this place. On a first Sunday like that, you had to be women had to be wearing in white. Men had to be wearing black. For you come up to this table, you had to put on white gloves before you could touch anything. There were all these peripherals and extra things. But again, I'm hanging out with these people beyond the, the place. And this man is sleeping with other women. This dude drinks and smokes weed, but he can play the music. Um, all these other things. And I'm like, I know the word talks about that. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. We, we, they have majored in the externals. So when you stepped in externally, look, this is just how we do church. But I, I don't want that. Right. I'm not into that. I don't think Christ is. I think Christ is sickened by that kind of stuff. When men pick peripheral things. So we will we'll focus on the external appearance of how a minister should dress and, and present himself, so forth and so on, how you should come show up and present yourself and forget that when I present myself before God, God's looking at the real me. God's looking at my thought life. God's looking at the condition of my heart. God's looking at how I'm living. God don't care about this outfit. God don't care about these shoes or these jeans. It's not, he's not concerned with these things, you guys. He's looking at the heart. And he said that when they, when they went to go pick the king and they skipped over all David's sons and Samuel didn't understand what was going on and God had to tell Samuel, he says, God doesn't see as man sees. He said, man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the what? Heart. God's looking at your heart. He's looking at my heart. May he find in us, guys, hearts that are submitted to him. Hearts that love him. Hearts that love the people around us. That it be a genuineness about how we're living. That we wouldn't be caught up in little trappings and minors and external stuff, but that we be people that from the heart, that we love God, we love other people, and within the arrangement of God's order, that we would be submitted to it. God, I want, I want God to be glorified in our families. As I'm praying for the city of Inglewood and praying for the stuff that I see, and God, how do we, how do we impact this place? A big city. We're a little church. Like, What do we do? How do we impact? One of the first things that God put on my heart in terms of how we'll impact. Every city, every community is made up of families. We're, we're in a community where there's a lot of broken up families. A lot of kids with no dads. A lot of women with kids and no man. Uh, a lot of people that maybe for a period didn't really live it for God. Now they're, you know, wherever they, they've gotten to where they've gotten to. And, and the one way that we'll impact the community in which we live is to get that thing back in order. Because the community is made up of these families. And so I'm, a, I'm responsible for my family. I'm a priest to the men here that they know how to be responsible for their families. Um, my wife and the women get together and you guys are being taught and encouraged how to be responsible in a godly way for your families. That them kids that don't have no say so in what they come up under, that they would have a better start than most of us had. That they'd have a better situation than many of us had. That we give them the best chance and the best start at making it. That we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be making statistics out here. Um, and so, but it starts at the top. Who's at the very top? Christ. Who's right directly under him? The men. God has called men to lead in the community, in the family, and in the church. And God has put families together in the same way. And the kids come on down. So my encouragement to us, family, is that we, we look at God's order, that we yield to it. As I told you, single girls that you guys would just know, and single guys. I'm not saying, you know, I, I, I speak to the women because I'm, always, I'm, always, I'm aware of how doggish men are. But there's some pretty trifling women out there, too. And so single men, um, if you're single, you know that you wouldn't consider some woman because she got a banging body and, and great features. But you'll be looking for a woman of God. That's going to be if, if, 
that, that, that'll potentially be not just your woman, that'll be your kid's mother. Can she be a good mother? Can she love some kids? Can she raise them up in God? We gotta consider those things because that's what we're called to do in Him. Amen? That's all we have time for today on The Transforming Word. Pastor Bill has been teaching through the book of 1 Corinthians. This book addresses the idea of confronting sin. Paul knew it was more important to hit the issue head on rather than skirt around it for the sake of being approved of by the majority. This is a hard thing to do when you know that tough issues will cause disruption in a church or even a breach in relationship. But what matters most, pleasing God or pleasing man? It's something to keep in mind as you continue to study this New Testament book. Can we encourage you as you strive to walk out a life of faith, even when it's unpopular? Call or send a text to 310-245-4811. That's 310-245-4811. We'd love to meet you. Do you live in the Inglewood area? Then come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You can even find links to stream our services if you're not able to be with us in person. And you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. As we come to the end of our time with you today, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience. Would you join us in praying for others who are tuning in and may be hearing about Jesus for the first time? Pray that their hearts will be open to truth and change. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us on A Transforming Word. Transforming Word.